Welcome to another broadcast of the Victim No More podcast. My name is Bobby Patterson, a.k.a. Bobby P. And this evening, you're in for a treat as usual. Uh, this individual I had happened, happened to have met, you know, shortly after uh, the event in Houston, Texas. And uh, in the process of meeting them, I, I, I recognized very quickly that uh, first of all, this is someone who is, uh, their trajectory is on the way up, uh, but they have a unique story. They do not have what you may call the typical transformation story. I think the transformation is more internal than anything else, and they are a tremendous leader. I, I, I saw that right off the top. Uh, but before we actually bring them on, as far as the interview is concerned, first of all, please share Please tag someone. Uh, I believe that she has something of value to share with every, everyone this evening. And uh, this is going to be one for the books for sure. But before we bring them on, let me just run this, this small video package so you can get a glimpse as to who going to be the, 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 the special individual this evening.
Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you the amazing, the incredible executive director with Total Life Changes, Miss Maxine Campbell. Welcome to the Victim oh Movement Podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking at those stuff. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm I'm still shocked. Like when I when I post things, you know, I'm just I'm in a vein right now of just reinventing myself. So um, you know, when people show me pictures of my own self, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or, you know, so but thank you, thank you, thank you so much, mm-hmm. Mr. Bobby Patterson, for um just this opportunity, just to, you know, share on your platform, um, just about my story. Um, I'm really, really honored because I don't really, um, I don't share, you know, the story much or anything, you know, about um, that side or that that event that happened. Um, and I've come a long way, you know, with sharing that. So I really, really appreciate, you know, this opportunity. Thank you. Right. And the, the whole intention, as far as this podcast is concerned, is what I didn't want to do is is turning it into another infomercial. Uh, the, the products are amazing, uh, but that's not the focal point when people are, are telling their stories. Uh, their stories have much more value to, to them. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the value of those particular stories are what resonates with other people. They connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the products is a given. And we will talk about the products some, but the, the, the quality, the, the gift are the individuals who are sharing their stories because Total Life Changes gives us an atmosphere, a, 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 an arena for, for one, for us to be ourselves. And number two, uh, evolve and and literally become who we were ordained to be from the foundation of this earth. And so that's why when I first listened to you, I was like, okay, without even knowing that you had a story, I just knew you had one because of how you speak. You speak with authority. You you speak with I know that I know that I know type of spirit. And I'm like, okay, okay, this she's 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 unique. I've got to talk to her, and so that's how we 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 kind of uh, met and jailed. And what I want to do is actually just just start kind of like, you know, a young Maxine, you know, you know, as a teenager, and then growing into her womanhood, and sort of kind of like building into you know where we are today, who Maxine is today. So as a young woman, you know, growing into a womanhood, who who was Maxine at that time? Wow, wow, wow. And I do apologize. I keep putting my thing on mute because my my, my dog is here barking. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> so I, I think um, I, I forget when I was sharing this, but um, so as a, you know, I'm, I was I was born in Jamaica and I, I came here. Um, you know, when I was very, very small. So a lot of people like, oh, you're not Jamaican. No, I am very much Jamaican. And, um, you know, I was raised by my grandmother and my aunts. Okay. And I, and I say that my mom was there too, but, you know, my mom was um, always working. You know, I know my mom to just always be working. So it was just my grandmother and my aunts. So in me is instilled that old, um, not old, but traditional Caribbean upbringing. 
You know, right. you, you, you're going to look people in the eye when you're speaking to them. You know, when I'm speaking to my grandmother is yes, mommy, no mommy. You know, you come when you're called, you know, like you, you're not in the room, just, huh? You know, you, you know, just different things like that. You know, like you, you come to her, you know? And so, um, but it's, it's funny. I, I really started to realize that I was different and, and I'm going someplace, but I was different when I was a teenager because there was just always something like I, I never, I never really fit in, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I always wanted to fit in, but there was just something that never allowed me to fit in. I knew in my, in, in deep down inside that I was different. And the reason why I was different because God had a calling on my life that I know now and that, um, you know, I was meant to stand out. And so I got saved, you know, in a very, very young age, I got saved at the age of 15 and I was the only one saved in my household. And so at that time, mm. you know how, you know, you, you're familiar with the transformation, you know, of the heart, you know, right. it's just like this, 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 um, you know, you're saved immediately, but the conversion part, like you, right. you got to walk like, it out. Lifetime. Oh man. Yeah. So right. I, I understood that. And so, um, and so in that, you know, I had a, a lot of secular friends, a lot of friends that weren't saved. I think I was mainly the only one that was saved in my circle, you know, growing up, I grew up in Mount Vernon, New York. And, um, you know, I just always knew that there was something, there was just something, there was just something, you know, mm -hmm. I started to like really, really, um, as the years went on, you know, throughout junior high and high school, really started to see myself being different, very, very friendly, compassionate, not very aggressive. I didn't know what that was for. I didn't know what that was about. I just, honestly, I thought I was a punk. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I thought I was I, I, I wasn't aggressive. I'm not a fighter like that. You know, you, you meet right. some people like they're just raw, like they're just right. super duper aggressive. Like that's not me, you know, and it'll never be me, you know. And so I just started to um really realize those things about me, you know, throughout high school and um, you know, throughout college. And so you know, um, you know how it is when you first get saved, man, you on fire for God, you know, you're on fire for right. God. And, you know, I want to definitely, you know, you definitely got to give honor and credit to whom it's due. And I have to give one of my aunts. Um, she's actually like one of my favorite aunts. She was mm -hmm. the one that brought me to the Lord. And I'm telling you today, I, I, I owe her everything. Oh, I'm gonna try not to get emotional, but I owe her everything because um, if it wasn't for her, I just, you know, I just, I wouldn't know God the way that I know him, you know? Right. And, um, and so, um, I just, you know, I, I was raised in church, you know, um, you know, since a very, very young age, um, I was raised to serve. That's another thing that okay. I didn't understand. You know, I, I, I've been serving since maybe, you know, nine, 10 years old in church, you know, whenever there was a youth service, I was there, you know, I was ushering, I was greeting, right. you know, Bible study, I was serving. So that is a part of me. Like, I can't like, you know, I'm, I'm always serving. I serve at mm -hmm. church. I said like where it is. And so that's what I've also instilled in my own children that we, you know, we're going to go to church and we're going to serve, okay. you know? And so, um, with the, you know, there was, there was actually preceding the, the event, you know, that you caught, you know, on, on, okay. on the live. And, and I don't know, I didn't, I don't even think I just, I came on to share that, but I was just, kind of led in that direction. Cause like I said, right. I don't, 
I don't um, share that often. You know, I share it really when I'm led because it's, it's really not something that I just, oh, you know, this happened to me, you know. Right. Um, because you don't want to yeah. paint the picture of being a victim. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, I, I, I definitely get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so before that, um, honestly, um, something had happened. My, my dad had passed away um, shortly after I had my daughter. I was actually living in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, my dad passed away. And that really, um, that set me off on a, on a different path as far as, um, you know, you know, having this this dad around or this this being being um, protected, you know, this the sense of being protected and protection. And so I always felt like, you know, um, after my father died, that like, man, who, who's going to protect me now? You know, who's mm. who's going to, you know, as far as, you know, I knew I had my heavenly father and, you know, but I was just like, you know, my father is one that I can go to if someone, you know, mess with me or whatever, you know, I can go to him. And so I struggled with that. You know, I struggled with that a little bit. And so, you know, um, you know, going through college, you know, I went to I went to college down south. I ended up finishing up you know, in New York, because I had my, my yeah. daughter, you know, uh, down south there, had to, you know, stop going to school, had to, um, you know, work, you know, full time to take care of my daughter. And, um, and yeah, and so, you know, upon, and you know, it's funny, you know, I tried, actually, that was, yeah, so after I had my daughter, I went back, you know what I'm saying, to um, to New York after a while, trying to figure out, like, how am I going to do school and work and different things right. like that. <clears throat> and, you know, in the South, you know, rent could be $500. If you don't have a car and a, and a stable job, like, you're, like, you could be struggling, you know. Right. And so, and so that's what it was. It was just very, very difficult for me. And so I had to go back home. I mean, and, and I hated the fact that I, that I, you know, had to go back home to New York because I wanted to stay in Raleigh. You know, I wanted to stay in North Carolina. Right. And so, um, you know, and so th that just led me to going back to New York. I just, you know, I just worked. I put school on the back burner. I put everything that I wanted to do, you know, on the back burner for myself in order to work and to provide for my daughter. And then, you know, um, one thing led to another, um, you know, then I got pregnant again. And, you know, granted this time, like spiritually, um, once again, like I told you, my dad was gone. So, you know, I've always been one to really, really um, embrace and desire companionship. And so, you know, I just, yeah. So one, one thing about me at that time in my life, everything was good. I was good. I was able to get a job. Okay. I had favor in that area. You know, I, I knew my personality, you know, um, I, you know, I, there was no, there was nothing that I was struggling with. You know, right. I, I was able to allow God to be Lord of every single area of my life, except one. And that was my relationship. Oh, I didn't want him to touch that. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want him to do nothing in, in, in that area right there. You know, everything yeah, that's, else, another, God, that's another level of accountability. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I can totally understand that as well. Yeah, everything God you could have, you could tell me, you could be Lord, you could tell me what to do, you could come tell me what direction to go. But this right here, this relationship and with men and stuff like that, I got it, I got it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, needless to say, you know, my my choices in that, 
you know, weren't always God choices. They might, you know, they, they weren't always God choices. Right. And so because of that, it led me to make decisions that weren't um, God's very best for me, you know? And mm -hmm. so that um, kind of led up to the decision-making, even in me getting pregnant, you know, with my son. And then when I got pregnant with my son, I mean, just, just, it was, it was just like a whole turn shifting of, of everything started to happen. Here I was again alone, you know, and now I was alone pregnant. And, you know, like I said, I didn't really want God to be in, to, to, to take over my, my relationship arena. And then here I was now pregnant, alone, just, you know, went back and forth about, you know, actually going through with the pregnancy. Then when I made a decision to go through with the pregnancy, I knew I was going to be alone. That's when I wanted to, I wanted God. That's when I wanted God in the relationships okay. now. That's when, you know, I, I, I honestly, I rededicated my life completely. I gave him everything. I didn't just, it wasn't just, you know, um, you know, you have parents that have are co-parenting and you have some that, you know, you, you they got them on the weekends and then some got, you know, you got them every other weekend. Right. It was, it was a full custody. <laughs> All right. It was a full custody. He had everything. And so and that's what I went through at this time. Like I said, rededicated everything back to God, surrendered everything because um, I started. I, I wanted that. You know, I wanted right. that. And I know I needed him. And Bobby, can I tell you, you already know when you make a decision, especially, you know, for example, you make a decision to fast. Ain't it just like, I mean, you got folks inviting oh, yeah. you over to, to, to you know, functions and, and, and cakes and lasagna and chicken and- And, and, and everything smell extra and, good. Yeah, everything. <laughs> you done made this decision now while you was praying. The enemy was right there like, oh, okay, you think you are fast? Okay, I got you, right? And so that's exactly what happened. I decided, I made a decision, I made a choice to, um, to just really, really fully, fully um, allow God to invade every area of my life, especially the area of relationship. And then the enemy would, had made me believe that that was the, like, that was the worst decision ever because all hell broke loose after that, you know, mm -hmm. all hell broke loose after that. And that's the part that you came in on, um, on that live, uh, with the shooting, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know we, get ready to go into um, somewhat of a sensitive area. I want you to feel as free as, 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 as much as you would, you, you are led to share. Okay. Um, uh, so I'm kind of letting you, you know, take <laughs> this uh, because that is a sensitive area. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but all at the same time, I know that someone watching this ha has, has been through some similar situations and, they haven't quite seen themselves out of it. What I'm after is the through. And you're standing on the other side of through. So, you know, just take it, you know, from the beginning and however you're led to, to share, yes. do that. Okay. So it's funny because, um, right, I woke up like a little, like literally a half hour before this started. And I, um, I don't know why I was just been work, just doing a lot. And so before I knew I was going to take a nap. And when I took a nap, I knew I was going to do the broadcast. And I said, I said, God, just, just whatever you want to do with the story, whatever you want to do with the story. And it's, it's crazy because the last month and a half, I've just been hearing, you know, you just need to speak. You just need to speak. You need to be on, you know, platforms to speak. And then, you know, God will do the rest. And so the other day, 
I was listening to some music. Um, my daughter had sent me this playlist of worship music and I was listening to it. And um, I had, you know, just, I, I, I was getting dressed and, um, you know, you know how worship music could do. It could really throw you in the zone. You know, it don't matter where you are. You can be in a car, grocery store, man, you just, you got to pause. And so I had to, <laughs> you know what it is. Sometimes you got to pull over. Sometimes you got to, you know, because you're closing your eyes. You don't want to be closing your eyes driving, you know. So, yeah, or yeah. throwing your hands up while exactly. you're driving. Yeah, that usually don't work too well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know what I'm talking about. So at, at this moment, um, and I don't remember the song, but I knew that I I, I got into a zone and wherein I started um, anointing my scars. I have many scars from this shooting, right? Um, well, many, but more like very, very significant ones. And I started anointing, and I have some oil that was prayed over um, years ago in a jar. And I and and I started anointing the scars, just just putting the oil on the scars. I've never done that before. Okay. Like you know, I you know, you lotion up or whatever, but I've never intentionally done that. And I just, I just, I just went into this this moment of extreme gratitude for my scars because for many, many years, um, even now a little bit, you know, um, you know, uh, just very, very, um, you know, I feel some type of way about the scars, you know, because I've never looked like that, you know? And right. so um, I just, I just went into this extreme gratitude to God for his power and just how he, he, he saw fit, like for me, like, like me, me who ran from him, me who, you know, just made so many choices, me who didn't play full out with him, you know, me who, you know, just just made so many decisions of, you know, like really just falling short daily. And I just um, I'm always in awe, like to the point where I'm on my knees that God will see fit to do what he did for me. And then, you know, like I said, for the past month or so, I've just been receiving confirmation. Somebody said something to me that really, really, I looked at it differently. I was just like, he's, the, the person said to me, you know, you think it was really for you. It was really for your son because of how everything played out. You were just a vessel, right? Even though you do have a story, you know, the way everything played out. And so, you know, anytime I share this story, um, my main thing that I that I would like to really for people to get um you know is that there is this and this is that's what i spoke on a live there is absolutely there's absolutely no situation here on earth that god is not able to interrupt to be able to work out on your behalf like i don't care right. what it is right? right and he showed me that several ways in this event and so this event, and I, and I had to get my book. I don't even open this book a lot because um, it just kind of brings me into, uh, it reminds me of where I was. I was really in a dark place mentally. Like I said, I, I really desire compassion after my, my dad died. It kind of like just exasperated, you know, and um, my, my thinking, my thinking, I wasn't, you know, where I was, where I am now spiritually, right. you know, definitely not business wise, but this book right here, this book right here, I don't even, I think I bought this book maybe from Target or something. I love journals. I have several of them. But this book right here um, is my journal. And the first date is March 7th, 2006. Mm. And 
this is when I was really, I started to really, really search for God. Like, okay, God, if you want me to have this baby, you know, then I need you to be with me. You know, my son's father had just disappeared and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, 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 you know, was trying to speak to my family about, you know, um, not having him, you know what I mean? And um, right. they were just, you know, talking to me about that, kind of work with me through that because I knew that I was going to be by myself. And I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go through with it. You know, it was easier for me to get rid of the baby than to have the baby. Right. And so, um, like I said, I started to just really, really seek after God. I started to, you know, um, you know, going back to church, just really, really being intentional about my relationship. And so um, in doing that, I, you know, everything that the enemy could throw at me, he threw at me, you know, everything that I mean, just every single thing, every single thing. And I can remember, you know, um, this particular individual that carried out what she carried out. Um, she just began she was used, you know, and just really, really began, you know, with the harassment and the, 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 um, you know, just the aggravation, you know, calling and, and hanging up, you know, and, you know, back then, I think they still have it now, you know, you can press star six, seven and, you know, to block your number, you know, you don't want, you don't want nobody to see that you're calling and stuff like that. So, you know, she would do that. Um, you know, she would just text and, and, and say, you know, that I'm going to die. She hopes that I die. And, you know, she wants me to die in childbirth and, you know, all these different things. And, and so the whole thing is, you know, for those of you who do not know the story, you probably don't. Um, you can actually Google my name. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. You can actually Google my name, you know, and just put in the description, like put my name in there and just put, you know, 2006 pregnant woman shot. OK. And in Mount Vernon and, and, and it'll come up. All right. And so what happened was um, my son's father had, you know, really he had multiple women. And this is how, you know, I was not in a good place spiritually, because once again, I shut God out of that area. Right. Okay. I was OK with that. Wow. You know, yeah. yeah I, you I was gone. Not, that wasn't even you. It, OK. All right. Okay. That wasn't even you. Exactly. Thank you. So I in, in the initially being with him, I knew that he had other women, but I was OK with that. Number one, because I knew that we weren't going to ever really be together seriously because of that. But the companionship piece, I was OK because I was receiving companionship. I was OK. So right? the compromise was, was, was you was good with that. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And so um you know, so this particular individual, you know, um, had, you know, um, children for him and she had just had, a, you know, a child for him that I, I didn't know until later on. <clears throat> and so um, and so she discovered that, you know, I was pregnant. I was going to keep the baby and she was not happy with that. OK, she was not happy with that. And so, the, like I said, the phone call started to come and, and she discovered where I worked and the phone call started to come there. And, and listen, Bobby, I kid you not. It just escalated every single month. Something is something more and more drastic happened. If it wasn't her lurking out in my job, probably like 6 a.m. in the morning, because I had to be at work at like seven. Sometimes wow. like, you know, I worked at an um, insurance company and just so she can see what kind of car I drive. She never knew where I lived. She knew, you know, where my grandmother lived. Um but she was able to see me and, you know, uh, I can remember one time leaving work for a doctor's appointment and seeing at that time I was driving my uncle's truck and I came out in the back and the truck was leaning on the side. 
she had slashed both of the tires, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so I was just like, and so during these, these incidences and things that she's doing, you know, I'm sharing with my family, I'm sharing with his family and she would never, you know, tell the truth. She always said it wasn't her. She would always say, you know, I'm lying or different things like that. So I began to, I don't even know why. And my mind works like this even now to this day, but I began to, every time I see her with the car, you know, I would like, it was like a picture that I would take in my mind. You know, I knew, I knew the color of the car. I knew the license plate. I knew exactly what was on the floor. I knew who was like, things just started to happen like that. And so as they happen like that, I will write them here. Mm. As they happen like that, I will write them. And literally, you know, today such and such happened, you know, uh, she called and she hung up or she asked me to get rid of the baby, you know, different things like that. And so I just wanted her to leave me alone. Cause once again, I'm not aggressive. I don't like drama. I actually, you know, I'm so have a phobia for drama <laughs> and conflict <laughs> that I would run. Like I used to really be a, like, I'm a runner naturally. I'm a long distance runner, but literally I could be you a runner. Running. Yeah. I would you, run. you would much rather run than confront. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, it's so horrible. But I, I, I've gotten better. But yeah, so I did that, and literally, I would move, move me and my children from states. I wow. would leave, and I've done that about maybe three or four times. Running, like you said, rather than confronting, I ran, and so, um, so I didn't want to, you know, I'm saying I just wanted her to leave me alone, you know. But she wasn't, you know, just, you know, she wasn't, and so, you know, um, it started to get bad at my job wherein my supervisor would say, you know, Maxine, you really need to press charges, especially after the the, the tire and stuff. But I knew she had kids. I, I didn't want any trouble. I just wanted her to leave me alone. So I never pressed charges. And it wasn't until one night, and my best friend would always be speaking to me on the phone, you know, um, certain people at my job, even to this day, I have such a uh, connectedness to them spiritually just because of simple things that they did for me throughout this time. And so <clears throat> it wasn't until one night she, when she texted me and she said that I was going to die and that I needed to call 911. And I started to become afraid because here I am now getting further along in my pregnancy. If she wanted to do anything, I really don't, I don't, I can't really defend myself. Right. right. And so there was times when she said, when, when she see me, the different things that she would do to me, and so there was one particular time I was driving and I was driving down a hill and um, she, we were talking on the phone, going back and forth. And she said, you know, you know, she kept on asking me to like have an abortion. And I kept telling her, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, it is what it is. I'm going to have the baby. And, you know, she was saying whatever she was going to do to me, you know, when she see me. And I said, you know what, whatever you do to me. I know that that's something that God is going to allow because once again, I'm still going to church. Okay. I'm still, you know what I'm saying? And, and mind you, when I'm going to church, Bobby, like every single Sunday, mm -hmm. I'm at the altar, like bawling because I just, I, it's just like, what have I done to myself? Why did I get myself in this situation? You know, here I am reconnecting back to Christ and, and all of this stuff is happening. So I just, I really didn't know what, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, fast forward this one night, you know, when she texted that to me, I went to the police station and that was my first time ever, you know, and now I'm out like eight months pregnant and I went to the police station. And when I went to the police station, you know, I was trying to show the officer at the desk, you know, um, the text message, but you know, once again, it didn't have a name, you know, 
So I said that I wanted to get a restraining order and he encouraged me really not to. Okay. Because he said it would just be a paper trail. It's, you know, your word against hers. You don't really, you know, and I just, first of all, I didn't understand that. And um, so I left there really, really discouraged, like just feeling very, very helpless. And And so not to cut mm -hmm. you off, but that right there, uh, the, the way that a lot of law enforcement handles situations like that put a lot of women in danger. Yes. Because they don't really see the urgency of, yes. of at least putting something in place. Yes. At least if it's nothing else but a paper trail. Thank you. Thank because you. Because this is about to get ridiculous here for you as you go into it. Yeah. There are so many incidents that, that women deal with day in and day out. And the response from law enforcement sometimes just like that puts them in even more danger. So I, absolutely I really, correct. I really had to, you know, chime in on that. Yeah, it's, no, it's that is so correct. That is so correct. And it was that, you know, and at the time, I didn't know like exactly what you said, like at least put something down on paper in the event something happens. You know, here right. I'm not knowing something is going to happen. Um, and so, you know, you fast forward. I left my job early um, because, you know, like I said, it just started getting really, really um, crazy with the phone calls no exaggeration she would call every hour you know every hour it was like non-stop and so my supervisor you know it's a it's a place of business they are able to record these things and so you know she, people would call and ask for me and say oh tell her it's her cousin jennifer mind you i don't have a cousin jennifer you know and all these different things and so one night um you know now everyone knows what's going on everyone knows that you know, she's she's harassing me. Everyone knows the different things that she's saying because there are times when I even had her on speakerphone, you know, at my mother's house and her going off and saying what she's going to do. And now my, my aunts are like, they're livid. Like, everyone's like, okay, whatever. why don't you come here? You want to do all of that? Like, we live at such and such, such and such, you know. Right. Come, come and do whatever you feel like you need to do. And she just, she never did. And so this particular night, um, I was at my grandmother's house with my daughter and there was another um, little boy there that my grandmother's watching and I went to go get pizza. And I mean, it was so bad that my grandmother didn't want me traveling by myself. You know, everyone, everyone was really afraid because she comes from a family of like this. They're just known for being in and out of jail, doing different things. They're in the paper. I mean, they're just known for just, you know, crazy evil things. Yeah. And so I went to, you know, I was telling my grandmother that I'll be okay. She told me, you know, to wait for my brother, whatever. I said, no, you know, I'll be fine. And it was like maybe uh, seven, maybe after a little bit after seven at night. And, I, you know, I walked to the pizza shop. I was coming back. And here it goes again, the car that I always saw. <clears throat> but this time it was a different car. It was, it was the same car, but it was a different color and it had a spoiler. However, I knew it was her because she always wore the same ponytail. Um, And this time, rather than sitting in the passenger side, she was sitting in the driver's seat. And she was parked um, across the street from my grandmother's house. And I was just like, you know, like this, you know, this girl don't let up, you know. So as I'm walking, you know, as I'm walking down, Mm -hmm. I started to call my grandmother my grandmother's house is like the hub of everything you could call her. She knows that she don't got no kids in school, but she knows when school is out. She knows the weather. <laughs> she knows, you know what I'm saying? She knows right. everything. So she always answers her phone. So 
This particular time, though, as I was calling her, she did not answer. She did not answer the phone. I kept calling. I kept calling. She did not answer the phone. And so I'm getting closer to the car. And the reason why I'm calling her is because I wanted her to come outside because so that she can also see her. And my aunt's boyfriend was upstairs. I wanted him to come outside because, you know, once again, she's like lying, saying it's not her. But no one was answering. So I crossed the street and I wanted to look her in her eye. I, I, I don't even know why. But now, you know, I crossed the street. I have a big pizza box in my hand and I crossed the street and she is looking at the person in the uh, in the passenger seat and the person in the passenger seat has on a hood. And so she finally turns around. She looks at me. She comes out the car. So what I'm thinking now is like, oh, man, dang. I had a fight, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm about to have a fight, you know, I'm nine months pregnant. This is crazy. You know, I, it's, it's night, it's dark, you know, outside. And um, yeah, I'm essentially about to have a fight. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, she's gonna punch me in my stomach. She's going to, you know, kick me, you know, but I know that we're about to have a fight, you know? Right. And so when she comes out the car, she has her hand, her um, right hand in her back pocket. And so I'm still trying to like, I have my phone, you know, about to open it that, you know, I don't know if I remember back then with the next cell phones, with the walkie talkie, yeah. but I had, I had a next cell phone. So I was trying to like, you know, open the phone, you know, the little chirp, you know, I was trying to do all of that. And so, um, she said, you know, what are you doing? You know? So I said, I said to her, I said, you know, well, I'm, I'm calling my grandmother because this is stupid. And as soon as I said that, she knocks the pizza box out my hand and she reaches over and she shoots me in my side. So mm. all of this happened like so fast. Like I saw the gun. I saw the, like it had a revolver. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, she just shot me with a BB gun, you know, like she just shot me with a BB gun. And everything after this point was like slow motion right. in, in a sense, because now she's like, we're scuffling. Okay, she's shooting in the air. All right, she's shooting in the air. And while she's doing this, and this is the part that, you know, some people may receive, some people may not receive, but I know what happened. And so at this point in the spirit, okay, above my head, this is where I heard it. Okay, it could have just been just happening, but above my head, I heard the Lord and Satan talking. And Satan said, let me have her. And he said, no, I have stuff for her to do. And as they're talking, I'm like, am I bugging? You know, and then I'm trying to think as I'm hearing that, I'm trying to think, where am I going to run? Because I didn't want to run to my grandmother's house because I didn't want my daughter to open up the door and see me like that. Yes. So I immediately thought about running down the block where there was a bodega and there were, um, it was the weekend. So there, you know, there was always like these Spanish men outside, you know, just hanging out and stuff like right. that. So I said, if I run down the block, someone will see and someone will be able to witness man i started running this girl takes off running after me so now in my mind i'm like i don't want to get shot in my back lord please i don't want to get you know shot in my legs i, I just want to make it down the block but she caught up to me i don't know even how fast i was even able to run but she caught up to me i had braids she grabs my hair i fall on my side and i um i held onto this white trailblazer and i slid so I have like this gash on the side of my, you know, on, on my side. Okay. And so I slid and she, she comes, I'm holding onto the truck and she comes around and she puts the gun to my head and she's like trying to pull the trigger. And well, she is pulling the trigger, but nothing was happening. 
And so as she's pulling the trigger, I'm looking at her face and you can just, you can see the anger, you can see the, I mean, everything. It was so much rage and hatred. Um, it was just crazy. And so as she's doing that, she, she notices that the gun is not going off. And so she turns it around and she starts to headbutt me in my head, right? And when she's doing that, I'm saying to her, okay, all right, already, all right, all right. And so the, the, the gentleman, well, the guy that was in the car with her, he pulls up now and he says her name and he's like, you know, now you're bugging, get in the car, you're bugging now, you're going too far, you're bugging now, you're bugging now. They jump in the car, another car comes behind, the lady in that car, she had blonde hair, that's the only thing I remember was a black car. And she says, are you okay? Oh my goodness, she starts screaming. And I just said to her, I said, I just need to get to that yellow house. You know, please help me to get to that yellow house. And so at this moment, I know that like it, it was more than a BB gun because when I got up, I, I was in the most excruciating pain in my stomach. It was just all my stomach. It just, it felt like it was on fire. And um, it felt like my son was pushing out. I had like, I, my whole mind was just like, I just need to get to the house so I can, if I pass out, if I, anything happened, at least I can tell my grandmother who it right. was. And so I got there and I, I took, I mean, all my strength and I banged on the door and my grandmother was like yelling, like, you know, she was like, oh my, you know, who's banging on the door? Like they're police. You know, she always says that. So, um, I shouted out like, it's me, you know, mommy is me. And I, you know, I'll say her name, Akila just shot me and she opened the door and she just started like crying. And from there, it was just like hell on earth, um, for me, but with some glimpse of god's hand in everything right um you know you know it, it was just it was just really really something and so what happened was even in going to the hospital i was rushed to jacoby hospital i couldn't even move because if you don't know like when you even when you stand up you contract your stomach like your stomach muscles contract when you stand up when you cough, when you sneeze, all of that stuff is dealing like with your abdominal right. muscles. And so I was sitting in the lawn chair on the porch and the ambulance came and he said, you know, I need to move your jacket. I need you to move your jacket so I can see the, the, um, the wound or so I can see where she shot you. And I was so afraid because I didn't want to see like a, a whole lot of blood and I, I felt like I was going to pass out. So when he saw it, he said, you need to go, we need to go right now because that's mm -hmm. not a BB gun. That's not a BB gun. And so they had to literally lift the lawn chair up because I could not get up because I was just like, it hurts, you know? So my stepdad and my, my, my aunt's boyfriend, you know, and the, and the guy from the, the EMT and the police officer, he was there. They all lift me up in the chair and brought me in an ambulance and then like scooped me up and put me, you know, down in the ambulance, but wow. got to Jacoby. And I kid you not, my mother told me this a while ago and I, cause I didn't know how many doctors were in the room. I, I, I was just surrounded by so many people like poking and prodding and, 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 you know, beeps and sounds and different things. It was 64 doctors, 64 doctors. So they had the whole neonatal team, the whole prenatal team, the whole, you know, um, I mean, just, I, I mean, everything, um, just everyone. And I, um, I know the doctor had said, I need you to move the baby because I need to see where she's bleeding. I need to see where she's bleeding. So that is when they, you know, uh, brought me into another room. And I'll never forget when I was being wheeled to the other room. At this point, 
I wasn't really afraid because everything seemed to be happening so fast. But the nurse, when I was in the elevator, she whispered to me and she said, do you know God? I said, yes, I do. And she said, he says to tell you that you're going to be okay. And I just, I, I just, you know, I just started crying. I just started crying. And the next thing I remember, you know, how, I don't know if you, you've been in surgeries where they, you know, you, you have to be put under, they tell yes. you to count, count back from 10, you know, yeah. you, next thing you only get to seven and you knock yeah, down, you know, done. You're, done. <laughs> you're done, it's over. And so that's what I remember. And then I remember trying to wake up. I thought I was blind, y'all. It, it was, it, now I can laugh, but I thought I was blind. I was trying to open up my eyes and I couldn't. And that's because they had the tape. <laughs> they had the tape on my eyes. Like they were calling my name and I was trying to open my eyes. And I, I was like, oh my God, Lord, I'm blind. You know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, but they had the tape on my eyes and they, um, you know, they took the tape off my eyes. I felt like this, this, this thing poking me in my throat. I was just looking around and it was my mother. It was my stepfather. It was one of my coworkers that was like, you know, she, she just held my hand through it all. And um, I was so afraid to look down at my stomach. I did not want to look down. Right. I had no idea what had happened, right? And so, um, you know, they were asking me if I knew where I was and different things like that. And so just from there, the journey in the hospital, I stayed about a week and a half in the hospital because what what happened was um, what God did and, and, you know, even, you know, now pulling information from fast forwarding a year later with the trial, so the she shot me at close range and if you, you know, don't know anything about close range you know um when uh when something is close range especially on flesh it's supposed to literally just enter and exit right it's right. supposed to enter and exit well that's not what happened it, it, it didn't it didn't enter and exit um what happened was god literally just turned the direction of the bullet and what it did was um, it went around my uterus and it lodged in my lower back. So it never exited. And so um, someone gave me the revelation the other day that it didn't, God didn't um, turn the direction of the bullet. He moved my son to the side. He moved my son to the side. And so, um, and that's how it damaged my intestines. So, um, because my son, you know, he was positioned, you know, the head is down and everything. And so in him moving my son to the side, it damaged my intestines and that's where I was bleeding. Okay. So in the surgery, they, I had to have, they removed, I forgot what the procedure's called, but they removed more than half of my intestines. So I only have, I forgot how much, but then the doctor had to like reconstruct like whatever was left yeah. to, you know okay. what I mean? To make it work. So I was supposed to, for the rest of my life, have digestive issues. I was supposed to have, you know, uh, stomach issues. I was supposed to have ulcer issues. And so while I was in the hospital, these are the things that they were monitoring because they wanted to make sure that I was able to hold my food down, that I was able to, um, you know, that there wasn't any toxic enzymes sitting on top of the stomach. Right. I never even knew anything about that. So I had that 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 thing that was sticking me in my throat that was the ng tube and so the ng tube was taking out all the bile off the top of the stomach it was like a, a it was like a, a canister like this big right. and when i looked to the side it was just 
oh, you know, it was just taking out all of that. And so that's what I had to go through in the hospital as far as learning, um, not only first I was just drinking and, you know, and I had to hold that down. And can I tell you, I, I, it was not, at first I was like, man, I'm gonna be in here forever because every time I drank something, it will come back up, oh my God. you know, it will come back up. And so after that, I would, oh my gosh, <laughs> I will never forget my best friend was there and I wanted to go home so bad that I knew that I needed to, they needed to know that I was um, keeping food down before I went home and also to remove the NG tube. So I had, you know, I told a story to the doctor. I said, no, I didn't throw up, you know, whatever, whatever, knowing that I had just did. And, um, and so they, 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 they removed the NG tube, but lo and behold, once again, you know, the doctor was actually in the room um, when I was eating and threw up. They right. had to put the NG yeah. tube back. Yeah. So this time I'm like, okay, cool. Y'all can do that. You know, what you gonna do doc? You gonna put me to sleep? And he was just like, no, 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 no. You're gonna be awake. And I was just like, okay. And then, and, and at that time I was like, okay, I think, you know, I could be awake. But when he showed me the NG tube and, and how it has to go in the body, I was just like, you know, at that part, I was done. You know, mind you, my, my feet are swollen, my hand is swollen. You know, I could hardly cough and breathe. And at this time, I, I literally was just like, God, wh whatever they want to do is like, it doesn't even matter to me anymore. I just felt like my body was so broken in every which way. Mm -hmm. And so they inserted the NG tube. And I don't know if you know, but it, you know, it goes in the nose, you know, and it's very, very thick. It's a long tube because it has yeah, to go in the nose. All the way down. All the way down. Absolutely. And at that point, I was just like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. And even... At that time, too, my relationship with my son, you know, I didn't want him. You know, I was just like, here I am. I, I told my aunts, I told my grandmother, you know, that that, um, you know, we should have we should have did went the other route. And here I am, made a decision. And look at me now. You know, that, that was my thinking then. You know, that was my thinking then. And so back to, you know, how the Lord literally just moved my son over and the, the bullet is lodged in my back today. You know, they, they tried to explain it. The weapon specialist was trying to explain, you know, how ricochet is supposed to happen. You know, right. how it's supposed to hit a, a sharp object and then turn. They just, they could not explain how, you know, it went the direction that it did. You know, there was no explanation, right. you know, for that. And um, that event really, really set me on a journey. Not only now did my father pass away, and I was struggling with, you know, feeling protected. But now, God, you let this happen to me. Like now I'm struggling with God being my defender. You know, right. I struggled with that for about four or five years. Just like questioning, like, God, you if you could allow this to happen to me, like what else, what else? would you allow to happen to me? You know, and so I did. I, I, I struggled with that for many, many years. I struggled with um, not really forgiveness, but addressing people that hurt me, people that, you know, contributed to the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And I went through a really a, a time of, of questioning God for about four years, four years, questioning God, four years, you know, looking at my son's birth as like this gloom. And can I tell you, you know, fear and when you are trauma can really, really affect people to the point wherein that incident happened at 830 at night. So every for four years, every single birthday, 
I made sure that my son, myself, and my daughter was inside at 8.30 at night. I was not going anywhere at 8.30, anywhere. you know, because I wanted to make sure when I woke up the next day, I was not in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, and so that that gripped me for like, you know, I had to look like it, 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 mm-hmm. it took a while for me to release all of that and to really trust God as my defender. You okay. know, I struggled with that a lot. I struggled with that mm-hmm. a lot. Now, but before we go any further, I want to say two things. Number one, it's pretty obvious at this particular point that when the enemy tried to take you out, <laughs> mercy said no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. And number two, uh, it is very evident that this interview is going to go over what the show has traditionally been here for the last few weeks. <laughs> So for those who cannot stay, I understand you can come back and view later. But what I won't do, I won't do a part two. I'm being led. We need to get this now because there's at least one person mm-hmm. that needs this message right now in this moment. And I'm not disturbing that flow. Wow. So uh, we can we can continue because there's there's more to the story. There is yeah. more. Yeah. So. As I was saying in the beginning, how even in this particular event, how God revealed to me that there is absolutely nothing that's happening here on earth, that he will not interrupt the flow of what's going on in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. And and, you know, really, really interrupt the program here on earth to make it work on your behalf. Like he like I, 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 that's that's it just brings me in awe. And so another thing. Um, that was told to me was like, like I said, it really wasn't, it's the assignment on my son's life, right? The assignment, you know how Mary, like Mary is a, 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 a really, really um, key player. You know, I don't want to, she's not a character, but a key right. person in the story of Jesus where she, she was the vessel. She was the, you know, the conduit where, where Jesus came through. Right. right. And so that's how I, I see it when now, you know, a friend of mine had told it to me that way. And he literally just, you know, walked me through how God was there with my son, kind of, hey, how are you doing? You know, coaching him through and like, hey, you're going to hear a sharp, you know, you're going to hear a loud sound, but I'm going to move you over here. Don't worry. Okay, it's coming now. Okay. And like, he just really, really painted this picture that blew my mind. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful um, to God because you, you said you said that text, and that was that was uh, what was given to me also that not only um, does my son have a great assignment on his life, not only was I the vessel, not only am I going to be the one to nurture and to you know train him up, but we are literally walking the text. We are literally walking the text. What you just said, which is no weapon formed against oh, right shall, shall prosper. prosper. Now the weapon formed, okay, the weapon was prosper. formed but it did not prosper. And so I'm so grateful to God for, um, for everything, you know, I, I, I can just, I'm just, I'm just so grateful, you know, to him for everything. And can I tell you, so there are some things that he wants me to do that um, I've yet to um, have completed. Number one, which I've done, and this was by the grace of God, I wrote a book. <laughs> I okay. wrote a book you know, with all of this and I use my journal, like this, this is the book right here that I, that I use. And because at that time I had went through a breakup with my, my fiance and I was really, really trying to, 
I was questioning like, okay, what's my purpose? Like what's going on here? And so um, I had did a solo trip to Jamaica. It was like the most spiritual thing ever. And when I came back, I, I wrote the book. I, I, I was given the grace because everyone, every time someone hears a story, they're like, oh, Max, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm like, eh, okay. You know, like it's a story. Yeah, it's something that when people hear, they're really, really, you know, shocked to hear. But I didn't have the grace in which, you know, to write a book. I didn't know right. where to start or anything like that. But I also reached out to, I, for the life of me, I needed to get in touch with the doctor that helped to save my life. And so I, I looked for him. I looked for him. I looked for him. I went through all my documents and I finally found his name and I reached out. And um, when I told his secretary my name, she, she immediately knew who I was. And I said, you know, and, and this is going to happen soon, actually, within the next month. Um, but I just told her, I need to come and see him. I have to come and see him so I can say thank you. And I have to bring my son. I have to bring my son. So she had given him the message. And he's, you know, he's very busy. He's a chief surgeon, okay, at Jacoby Hospital. Okay. A chief trauma surgeon, I should say. And he was just blown away that he said no time in his career you know, he does it all the time. You know, he's working with people that got hit by a car, got stabbed, got, you know, fell out of a bill, whatever. And not one time has anyone come back just to say thank you. And mm -hmm. so um, he invited me to speak at a, a trauma symposium, um, you know, but but that's one thing that I that I have to do because I just feel led to do it. You know, and like I said, to bring my son, because um, that was many, many years ago. And, and I just. I just I remember his voice, you know, I remember his voice and what he said to them. And so that's one of the things that <clears throat> that I'm definitely going to do. But as far as this story, you know, I've been hearing a lot like I don't know what God wants. I know that he wants me to tell the story. And all I can do is just pray that it'll be that that God will just do the rest. I tell the story and God do the rest, right. you know, whether it's to encourage somebody, like I said, to let them know, like, it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what's happening. I don't care what's happening. Okay. God, there's absolutely nothing that God cannot do. When you have a calling on your life, like it, it's, and it doesn't matter. You can make choices to, to put yourself, you know, reroute yourself and take a detour. God is always right there. Just like the great GPS that he is, you know, the GPS, when you take a left turn, you're supposed to take a route, a right. right you know what I'm saying? And it just says rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. calculating. Okay. That's God all the time. And I'm so grateful for that because I wouldn't be who I am today, you know, um, because of that experience that has that experience has really, really um, helped me to grow more compassion, more graceful, meaning more. I extend more grace to people. I've always I always have. And even after the shooting, can I tell you, I was taking care of this woman's children with my heart. Like, I, I absolutely love, you know, um, the yeah. two that I was I was caring for. Um, and it's just, you know, and I've forgiven her, you know, I absolutely have forgiven her. If anything, even the other day, you know, I was praying for her, my heart, you know, just really, really goes out to her because I can only imagine the mental state. I can only imagine, you know, um, where she was at that time. And so, but the, the, the whole event really, really just lets me know that, you know, my scars, I embrace my scars now. I'm not super self-confident, you know, or, or like, so, um, you know, what's the word? Like, super just, conscious. yes, exactly about it. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be, I really did. I used to, 
I, I just, I used to, I really did. Well, I didn't you, understand you, do, it. you do know that even though I guess to some degree you might find them physically unappealing, but here's the key, they're scars. Scars come by way of a certain healing that is taking place. Mm -hmm. So you no longer you don't no longer have wounds. You just you have scars, mm -hmm. and that same healing has taken place at, at such a level as to which the the level of, of of wisdom and grace that you walk in now that that helps set you apart. So when you was talking about you know from the very beginning that you knew that you were different, you know one of the definitions of wisdom. Uh, that I love is knowing your difference from everybody else. Mm. And I, oh my goodness. And those that know me, I stay, I, I'm in this place of being in, on your assignment. Yeah. Knowing your difference. Yes. Because those two are going to allow you to walk in the prosperity. Yes. In, in, in the success and the provision yes. that he has set aside just for you. Yes. And you have no idea how much I appreciate you coming on here and really sharing that story at that level. Because when I heard it that night, I didn't hear this. Yeah. There were, there were parts that, that, that was not told that night. And so I know that there are individuals who are watching this right now are going to thank you for your obedience and your willingness to to actually come on and share this story at, at this particular level. Cause this right here, this is somewhat bearing a piece of your soul. And I understand exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah. I, yes. So <laughs> yes. I, I appreciate you. Yeah. What I want to do now is actually now that that has occurred, yeah. I kind of want to fast forward. Yes. What, what was the event or what, what led you into total life changes? What what happened that that kind of precipitated for for that happening? Okay, so briefly in 2015, you know, um, I you know was seeing this this black and green thing. You know, people were saying, "Oh, you could drink you drink this tea, lose five pounds," right? Mm -hmm. And at that point in my life. Um, you know, I wanted to lose some weight. You know, I was going through right. some things in life. And so I had connected with um, an individual that, um, not an individual, she's actually my coach now, um, that I knew from a previous network marketing and had asked her for a sample, right? Okay. I had got, you know, the sample. So she sent it to me, it worked. And so I had joined the business. I've been into a life changer since then, since 2015. And I worked the business a little bit. Um, didn't does this is my first network marketing? Well, no, this is my second. I'm the first one I know, but this is the second one that I was in. But actually, really, really was putting my all in with what I know to be my all at the time. And so, fast forward, things happen. I really, really couldn't do the business. But last year, last year, so so I was in. I would, and I'm just you know just a pre just preceding all of this, I was engaged for about three and a half years. And then, you know, it didn't, it didn't work. He left, whatever. So in 2000, end of 2018, it, it set me on this thing of, I needed to do some inner healing. And that was like crazy. So when I did that, the whole, it was like a whole healing. Like God didn't just work on my heart. He didn't just work on these other things. It was like the, the whole Maxine, the outside, the inside, like everything came up during this inner healing. 
And so last year I started to see new faces that I have, I've never seen before in total life changes. And you right. know, it's like, there's just this energy about total life changes. And to me, it just, every single year, it just gets like higher and higher, bigger. Right. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's just massive. And so I started to see that and I started to really, really pay attention to these different um, people that were winning. And when I say winning, I mean, like they were had getting, you know, result like their results, their transformation were phenomenal. You know, um, they were making extra money, you know, just, you know, by doing the business. So I started, so I tapped back in. And so when I tapped back in, um, somewhere in me, I don't know when it happened, but somewhere in me said, you want to play full out this time because that's what I've been doing. You know, I don't, I, I know there had to be something, but I just, I literally just said, I'm a play full out. And that's what, that's what started to happen. So I'm saying, Bobby, like, no, like, man, I was on every training. I mean, eating, like taking notes. I'm, I'm just taking it all in, taking in right. everything, taking in, you know, what I need to do, how I need to reinvent myself. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so that year I lost um, over 25 pounds in the summer, right? This wow. last year summer. Okay. And I, you know, I was, I was documenting it coming on, you know, social media and that's not even me. You know, I, I honestly, I'm not a spotlight kind of person, but I always say, and I, because I've always heard it said that total life changes is a personal development company with a compensation plan attached, yep. right? Because you have to change and it starts right here. And so I had to change my thinking towards, you know, it's not about me. Like you want to help other people. You want to let people know the products work, you know, it's so much bigger than what you think, Maxine. Like you, you know, you don't want to take pictures, you don't, you know. And so I just, I right. literally just threw myself out there. I threw myself out there. And then I just started to transform, started to really tapping into, you know, um, strategy sessions with my coach and her saying, all right, you really, you need to transform. You need to reinvent yourself. And so when a pandemic hit, I was like, all right, I got to do something like big. Like I, I can't control the pandemic. I'm a teacher. I was going, you know, it's very, very challenging. What can I do? Just something big. And so that's when I cut my locks. <laughs> I cut my locks. I and I, I noticed. Yeah, I cut my locks and I, um, I dyed my hair blonde. And that's huge. I like this, this right here. I've never done it. I mean, I'm embracing <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I love it now, but that's what I did. And so when I say that TLC has truly, truly went from my mind to my heart because of everything that it has with it, like this, this right here is number one. This right here is number one, the networking, the divine connections with people from all walks of life. Like, man, I love your story. I, I, I sat there and I was just, I told you, and I, I told, after I heard you, I, I found you on Facebook. I had to send you a friend request because this is what Total Life Changes is all about. Like just connecting with like-minded, powerful people on assignment, know their assignment, who hear from God, impacting people. And so um, in all of that, that's one of the things why I tap back in. Just the connection. I saw people really, really being happy. Not saying we're not going through anything, right? right. Everybody is going right. through something that we know nothing about. However, I love the networking. I love the community. I love the energy, the vibe that total life changes provides i feel like it's a it's a vehicle that anybody can tap into anybody like you can as long as you're old enough you can you know what i'm saying you you can you can uh 
get started with total life changes you earn as you learn you grow right. through things you so this right here is really why i got back in it you know and obviously you know the products i love the products been taking the products um love sharing the products and so but this right here is the main thing i've met so many beautiful people just not even in my state all across the country that i've connected to share similar things and so um and that's what it's all about you know, I feel that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny that you had mentioned that you didn't want to, you know, post a whole lot of pictures and, <laughs> you know, be on camera. I, I've i gone through the same thing because I've never been, you know, the one that really wanted that type of attention. I was more of a background guy. Mm -hmm. But when purpose is attached to what you're mm -hmm. doing, yeah, all that good. goes out the window. Yes. It ain't even about you at this yes. particular point. You, this is this is your assignment, and I, I, I would have never thought mm -hmm. in a in a thousand years. Yeah. First of all, that you know when I was doing this podcast at first, you know it was all audio. I still wasn't on camera. I was good with that because I was able to get by and slide with it. I can't do that now. So me being on camera for over an hour. <laughs> no. So, you know, something there's there's purpose in this thing, because I'm not going to do this just because I don't have nothing better to do. Right. Total life changes will literally take you up out your comfort zone if you allow it. Absolutely. Just so you can walk in what you're supposed to walk in. I have a friend of mine. <clears throat> Gwen said to me one night, she said, Bobby, this is the first the reason why total life changes works for me is because I'm allowed to be myself. And that was so powerful when she shared that with me. And I'm watching you as you evolve. It's like I can I can go through, of course, when I'm preparing, preparing for these podcasts, I'm going through and I'm looking at pictures. And those pictures, a lot of times, go back a number of years. And I can literally tell, not from a, just from a physical standpoint, but from a, a, a spiritual standpoint, a mental standpoint, you're not the same person as you were maybe even three years ago. This is, and <laughs> I, I, I know that, that, that something, something huge is about to happen. And I think it, now I don't think, I know it's centered around you finally saying yes and beginning to really tell your story. And I'm going to tell you, that's when things started to change for me. I have a friend of mine, uh, global director, uh, D'Angelo Malcolm. Mm -hmm. In July of last year, uh, he decided to call me. Mm -hmm. And he basically shared the same message. He was like, dude, you don't understand how powerful your story is. You don't know, you know, just even at that particular time, how much weight I had, had dropped. That's wow. not a common thing to drop over 100 pounds. Right. He said, what you need to tell your story. Wow. He said, your, your, your prosperity, your provision, and your success is in your story. I'm telling you, in front of everybody and in, in front of the whole world, that your prosperity, your provision, and your success is in your story. Wow. And I, the way that I received walk, that the way that you you're you're walking now and even how you're leading i noticed that your, your team loves you you have some very powerful people in in your circle oh yeah oh yeah Just keep rocking with that keep rocking with that yes sir yes sir um 
now that you 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 begin to make this transition, who who are you now versus who you were a year ago? Um, I'm more confident. Um, I'm definitely more bold. Um, I've really, really have developed some leadership skills that I didn't have before. You know, I knew, like, I'm not afraid to speak. I can always, you know, speak. I'm always called on to speak. I love speaking, but, you know, um, just being in those trainings and being aligned and attached to those people, um, Mm -hmm. have really, really helped me. Like you had said, you know, you had, on here and I and I love the the the, the stories and the testimonies, you know, of the people, everyone. Um, but even being attached to people on my team, you know, like Kendra Jones and you know, I, my coach, you know, Dr. Larissa Barclay, who's a national director, mm-hmm. just being in alignment with those people really, really they stretch you. And so you have no choice but to stretch. You have no choice right, but to right. grow, right? Um, and to really, really grow through as you go through. And so um, I'm just that's if anything, that's that's I'm, I'm, I'm so much more of a leader. Like and I just I, I I know that and I just walk in that and whatever God has for me to do, wherever I can serve. Like I'm a servant at heart. Like I, I love helping. I, I you know, if there's a need and nobody not doing it, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to just do it. Right. right? I'm going to just do it. do it. I'm just going to do it. You know, and then um, and I'm going to do it um, with all my heart. In, in a spirit of excellence, right. you know, because <clears throat> that's just, that's just it. There's no, there's no other way to do it. And so um, if I were to say, you know, that's, and that's a, it's not a challenging question, but if I were to say who I am, I'm definitely, I'm confident, I'm more bold, I'm a leader. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's just who I am at this moment, you know, at right. this moment. It's, it's, it's yeah. evolving. This never, this, this is not going to end. Um, this transformation, this is why I, it, it is so unique, because it's not so much the, the the weight loss transformation. And those are huge. I mean, hey, I mean, I I went through mine, but I recognize other transformations as well. Total Life Changes offers a literal mind, body and spirit transformation. Oh, yeah. This is this is about becoming whole and complete in all the areas of your life. And at the same time, help other people get in position to do the same thing. Cause everybody has different needs. So everybody don't need the same thing. So this is one of the reasons why I total life changes as a company today in 2021 is not the same company as it was when I originally came in, in 2014 at the end of that year. I had left and came back in 2019 and it was an entirely different spirit, an entirely different vibe. And I began to understand what the company as a whole is after. And it is developing the best out of people. Absolutely. Very well to do it. Right. (laughs) Anybody looking at an opportunity, please understand this is bigger than the money and the money is good. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But there's more. There's more. I have met so many beautiful souls and made some genuine, true connections yes. Yes. Uh, that without total life changes, I don't believe it would have happened. So tonight I wanted I wanted to highlight the other side of the opportunity, the, the products, 
man, they're no longer on trial. It's right. not an issue of whether or not they work. It's an issue of whether or not you're going to allow them to work for you. That's exactly. all that is. Period. <laughs> this, this is, that's all it, what it is. I'm, hey, I, I updated uh, my my weight drop and I actually officially made it known on a uh, call earlier today. I've dropped 170 pounds. Wow. Come on. Yes. Okay. So that's why I don't even get somebody want to debate me on the product. I'm like, right. you talking by yourself. I, what, uh, what am I going to debate? Really? Wow. So, but it's, it's so much bigger than that. And I, I have so much appreciation for this company. I have so much appreciation as far as uh, Jack Fallon, yes. the leadership, as far yeah. as corporate, uh, my leadership, as far as the team is concerned. And I know that that you are surrounded by greatness as well. I mean, as a company, we're celebrating the first grand ambassador, yes. you know, in 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 Coach Stormy. Well, Stormy, I mean, yes. I mean, wow, phenomenal, I'm, phenomenal. So I know, at least for me, this is the place for me, and I love what I'm doing. I'm walking out my unique assignment Amen. and having peace in doing that. Amen. So. We're going to close. And what I want you to share is that if someone is actually taking a look at Total Life Changes, what words of wisdom do you want to give them? Not only someone that may be looking at this opportunity, but someone who is fairly new in the business. And so they're still trying to learn. They're still trying to fill this thing out. Uh, what, what would you like to share with them? What I would say is, you know, um, for the person, it, even if um, you're contemplating joining, you know, um, being a part of this community, if you join and you're fairly new, number one is be here a year from now. That's something that was told to me. And initially, I really didn't know or understand it to its fullness of what it meant. I just thought it meant, OK, a year from now, just still be in the company, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but really and truly. Being here a year from now, when you join, know that throughout your journey, you know, um, within the company, um, you're going to be going through some things. You're mm -hmm. definitely going to be going through some things, right? You're going to be learning. You're going to have people that say they want to, you know, um, they're interested in products and then they don't order, they don't purchase. You're going to have team members that are all excited when they join you. And next thing you know, two weeks later, because mm -hmm. the one person they reached out to did not go to their website, they're all discouraged. So now they don't want to work the business. And that was the person that you were, you know, kind of counting on to help you and different things like that. But just be here a year from now. And as I mentioned before, just commit to growing through as you go through. Mm -hmm. You're going to when I say there's going to be so many different things that is going to happen. But just be here a year from now and know that you're going to be going through some things. Number two is commit to the vision that you have for yourself. Whatever your why was when you started the business, commit to that. Even if it was like, listen, I really, really need to lose 40 pounds because I don't I'm not feeling confident. I don't like the way that I look in the mirror. The doctor is telling me that I got to take X, Y and Z and, you know, different things right. um, It's not looking great. All right. Commit to that vision of that why in which you join, which was, you know, to get some assistance. Like I, I love what you have there. We don't make any medical claims or anything like that. We just have products that can assist in helping anybody to obtain a more optimum um, way of life or a healthy yeah. living. So definitely, definitely commit 
to the vision that you have for yourself, the why in which you started. And don't let anything or anybody stop you from going after that, not even yourself. Some True. days you wake up, you don't feel like working out. Some days you wake up, you don't feel like sending out samples. You you didn't write your list. You didn't, you know what I mean? Don't let you be the reason why you don't mm. commit to the vision in which you have for yourself. And the last thing that I would say is, this is something that I've learned, and that is no matter what, be consistent. Consistency is attractive. People can tell when you're in something and then you're not in it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, Maxine posted the Nutriburst bottle, you know, uh, today. And then next thing you know, it ain't, it's three weeks, you know, I'm back on, huh? you know, here goes, new no, they, they don't take yeah. you seriously when they don't see consistency. Exactly. And so consistency is attractive. Like I've had people who are loyal customers because I'm consistent. I posted my stories. They see that I take the products every day. You know, they know that, oh my goodness, Maxine is still in it. She was here last year, you know? So consistency is attractive. Not only is consistency attractive, but for me, when I'm consistent, I know I can trust myself. When I'm not consistent, I can't trust myself. And what I mean by that is when I'm consistent and waking up and taking my products and, and working out, like I have a set time in which I work out, like, you know, it makes me more confident. I, I know that I'm going to do what I have to do for myself. But then when I'm back and forth, I stop and I go and I stop and I go right. like it, it does something to your confidence. And the thing is, too, people can see it. People yeah. know, you know what I mean? People know, people know when you're playing, people know when you're playing, exactly. like, hey, whatever, you're not, you ain't taking that business seriously, you know, so just be consistent. And so those are the things that I would have to say, you know, for anybody that is contemplating joining Total Life Changes or if you are new in the business. But can I tell y'all, this is a whole energy. Like I met Bobby through an event. And, and, and can another thing, I wasn't even at the event. The event was virtual and I was able to connect with Bobby. So this is what you get also in the company. So if you're looking for, you know, a sense of community, a sense of family, like Total Life Changes, like. That's you. You'll definitely get that here. Absolutely, hands down. That's what you're going to get in total life change. From from the CEO, okay, all the way to the very, very, very newest distributor. Like that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a sense of community and a sense of family. So, but oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't, you know, talk, you know, so long. But I'm so appreciative of you know, um, you, Bobby, and what you have here on this platform and how I'm telling you how you're sharing, um, because it's all about the stories. It's all about the stories. And this is a huge platform in which you're doing that and you're highlighting, you know, stories of different people in which maybe they would have never even shared their story. And, and, and right. you know, what God has done in their story is encouraging and is transforming people's lives just from people um, you know, that book that TD Jakes has not dropping the mic, just not opening up, mic. you know, and speaking out. So I want to just, before you close, I definitely want to just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I really, really hope that, you know, something I said, encouraged somebody, something I said, you know, um, was the final, uh, thing that someone needed to join, you know, to be a part of what we have here in total life changes. Maxine, I appreciate you immensely. Uh, you, you're always a, a joy to communicate with. And just listening to that story this evening, I, I knew that this was going to be special. I knew that we was not going to be on the, I usually have the shows 
I tried to peg it between 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. I already knew that we was going to go over an hour. I had already, most <laughs> I had already dealt with me about that. So I was like, okay, I'm good. Because I knew that you were supposed to be here at this time doing this very thing. And that's all that, that matters, you know, and, and, I, and I have peace with that. And I'm pretty sure somebody has seen this live and going to look at it on replay. And the same thing is going to take place. And so I'm honored and privileged that uh, you, you, there was enough trust there for you to, to actually share that story at, at, at the place at, at which you, you shared it. Because that was, that was very real. I appreciate you. I honor you. Big things are coming. Uh, I'm not in to tell the folk what, what rank and all that stuff they about to do. While all I see is expansion. All I see is elevation. And as you uh, continue to walk your assignment out, there are some surprises for you and they're mm -hmm. gonna be amazing. And you, are, you, are, you are surrounded by some amazing people. I have my, I've made a new friend in, in LaKendra. Yes. <laughs> so I, that, such a beautiful person. Yeah, uh. so to have somebody like that, and I know there's there's a number of other, other individuals, Coach Patricia Crawford, the same yes. way, to just speak into your life like that. Man, that that's priceless. You you you, I'm blessed just to have some type of connection. Just you know, just doing this. So thank you so very much, and for the audience that stood and 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 stayed on in there, thank you, yes, thank, thank you, you because your time is valuable as well. I appreciate you just taking the time out to support the podcast. Those of you that will come later and, and actually, you know, re, uh, on replay, please share it as well. Because I know there are some individuals that need to hear this special story. Well, look, my time is up. I thank, thank you, you all once again. I'm Bobby P. We want to thank Maxine Campbell for stopping by and sharing her story again. And then, you know, next week, there's going to be another powerful story on the Victim No More podcast. Amen. Until next time, peace. Good night. Yeah, hold on, Maxine.